Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies. Normally, we talk about one horror film, we watch it, and we discuss it, and we make fun of it, perhaps. Uh, I make fun of Tim a little bit for being weird. and uh, we Even though I've had the best movies, but hey, go figure. <laughs> actually, no, there was a commenter, because at the start of the last part of this, there was a commenter who actually specifically told you you were not in the lead after you claimed you were, so... No, hey, they're being sarcastic. It's so you could you couldn't tell that. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're on my side. That's what that's what that is. Ah, it's debatable. <laughs> the the screams after midnight civil war has ignited, and oh people... wait, is their screen name? Uh, uh definitely not Peter Wink Wink twenty nine. It may have been. Uh, so what this is, though, this is our top 100 horror films. Uh, this is the final part. This is part four. We've done 100 through 26 already in the first three parts. We'll be doing 25 per video, so this is going to be 25 through number one. It's the biggies. It is the, the big finale of this month-long thing. In fact, by the way, happy Halloween if you're watching this as the date goes up, because this is the, yeah. the end of the month. This is the one that's going out on Halloween. So uh, this is cool. It's exciting. So I guess without any further ado, we'll get started. So the way this has been working, just in case you've, you've went on this one without seeing the others, uh, we alternate. Tim will give one of his picks, I'll give one of mine, so on and so forth. We'll have a little bit of discussion, just you know, a couple of sentences or so, explaining each one, and that's what we do. So without further ado, Tim, what is your number yep. 25? Uh, my number 25, that would be The Cabin in the Woods. Um, an amazing uh, film as such a awesome interesting premise um it really you know one of those things that uh you know it's very meta and kind of flips the you know idea of the slasher kind of you know typical cabin in the woods movie on its head and it's really enjoyable the characters are so likable and there's uh you know it's funny and but also you know works as like a generally good horror movie and uh, i i can't get enough of it this you know become one of my kind of like yearly rewatches. it's a uh, really really good it is a blast. It's full of things. I think for horror fans, it's like a treasure trove of just kind of references yeah. and things like that. And it is, it is a satire sort of kind of thing. A satire. I don't know why I said it like that. A satire. <laughs> uh, it's satire. Uh, but uh, by the way, did you know that this was uh, written by Joss Whedon, who may or may not oh, yeah. have created the hit television show oh. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Indeed, it is. I like uh, it for a second. You weren't <laughs> sure why I was saying that, and you, you like, oh, I, like, no, oh. I know where he's going with it now. Uh, yeah, and then uh, directed by Drew Goddard, I yeah. believe. Goddard, Goddard, I don't know. Um, and who, yeah, he he's definitely, uh, yeah, I think I've seen his name on, um, I know definitely like Angel, but I think he like did some Buffy stuff. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, he went on to do some, some work in Daredevil, and yeah. he's, he's doing a movie now. Oh, that's going to bug me. What movie is he doing? Because, remember, it was lined up for a superhero movie, and then it fell through, Yeah, if I recall. Um, yeah, I, I know he has a big one coming up. I, I forget what it is as well. But, um, yeah, after that, like, he's a, a name that I kind of semi-knew regularly. But after this movie, this is a name now that it's, if I hear it, it's like, you know, drop everything and pay attention because it's going to be something important and, you know, most likely pretty good. There you go. My number 25, much to Tim's dismay. Uh -oh. <laughs> is a relatively recent little film called Darling. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet Darling, Peter speaking. Um, <laughs> Darling is a very low budget independent black and white film which is psychological and is about a woman who may either is hearing something genuinely or is going crazy and it's all about building up to her doing something 
drastic, we'll say. And it, that's that's all it is. But it is it's a film by Mickey, Mickey Keaton is the director's name, and I like this a lot. This came out of nowhere for me, and it, it just it floored me with its style. It's saying it's not for everyone. It's definitely a very stylized film. Where it's it, you know the, the, its approach to how it does things is going to turn some people off. But for me, the the slow build and the the sort of otherworldliness to it, and being in her head and. It, it it feels that you're in a sort of frantic place, uh, and everything around you is perfectly still. It captures that very. And so, some of the times where the, the main character looks at the uh, looks at the camera and just smiles, it's, it's fantastically creepy stuff. Darling, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to shit on it too much. Um, you know, it, there there is like a level of skill that was involved in the filmmaking and stuff because I do think it looks good, but uh, yeah, it, it really didn't do anything for me though, other than. You know, kind of having a, a nice style to it. Tim doesn't want to shit on it my bag. because he knows that he's going to have something that I want to shit on later, and he's hoping that I will remember this and be nice to it. But no, I'm not. And uh, I, I feel pretty confident with my my top twenty five, but we'll see. I, okay, you never know. Um, my twenty four uh, would be House or Houseu, as some people refer to it. Uh, I'm referring to the oh. Japanese House, oh. not the American. Yeah, by the way, just, just for, if you thought my last pick was weird, Tim's going super weird for this one, all right? I've seen I've seen parts of this movie. It is batshit insane. Uh, it is uh it is so so crazy, but in like the most fun, enjoyable way. It's uh really weird. I I forget if it was I think it was 70s um uh, but if not maybe early 80s, but I believe it was um like a Japanese commercial director uh that did it and there's just a lot of weird visuals. Uh, the main, yeah, it's actually funny. Uh, in uh, the review, we we did actually made a joke about um, how the characters were very one dimensional. They should just go by the their names should just be their traits. And but that's actually what they do in this movie. Like the characters are named like, um, you know, like after what they do or like. Like there's one called uh, Kung Fu, and you know, one that's like, um, you know, like books or something like like that. Um, but it's really crazy over the top and uh it and it looks absolutely gorgeous i highly recommend if you haven't seen it and you like that really really weird stuff i'll have to revisit that one because some Uh, people swear by it i i I do have to revisit it i think it'll be a fun movie uh, at the very least interesting discussion (laughs) if Mm. we do it my number 24 is hellraiser nice (laughs) yeah you got pinhead you got you got weird cubes. You've got, you know, you, you flesh and <laughs> chains and S and M stuff and yeah. lots of over the top, uh, ridiculous eighties haircuts and whatnot. I, I like how, I, I like how dark this movie feels. It it really feels that you're in someone's demented nightmare or, or dream, depending on your perspective. Uh, yeah. But our main character is definitely in a nightmare. She's not happy about what's going on, even though others around her, you know, may or may not be into it. And it's kind of it's actually weirdly kind of a love story. Um, mm. The the original title uh, for the book is actually called "The Hellbound Heart," but it really is all about you know the lengths uh, that this woman is willing to go for this man that she loves. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very gruesome, very brutal. Uh, I had it at my number thirty-two. I'm a big fan. I, I like Clive Barker a lot, and uh, I think this really holds up. Creature designs also for all this, the Cenobites, which is, you know, Pinhead's the leader of them, but him and all of his friends all look fantastic. They're all, they stick out in your mind. They really do. Uh, so, no, Hellraiser. 
Yeah. Uh, very good pick. Uh, my 23 would be Dracula. Uh, obviously, the original version, uh, 1931, I believe. That is correct. Uh, uh, and I think you already had this on your list. I um, did. I had it at number 36. Okay, yeah, so we talked about it uh, a little bit last video, but yeah, um, again, I love these universal monsters. Uh, this one is my favorite out of the crop. Uh, it's, you know, gorgeous black and white, and again, Bela Lugosi's performance is just hypnotizing, and um, yeah, still love to watch it to this day. Yep, I talked about this already last time, so I will, <laughs> I will swiftly move on to my number 23, uh, a film which I have no doubt will be appearing a little bit higher on Tim's list. And that is Evil Dead 2. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try and bluff your way out of it, Tim. I don't know what you're like. Uh, Evil Dead 2 is kind of like... I, I like Evil Dead 1. I didn't have it on my list. But Evil Dead 2, to me, is kind of like... Okay, Evil Dead was the prototype. And then Evil Dead 2 came in. And it was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do something that most horror franchises haven't done. We're going to have a hero. Like an actual hero hero where he's a badass, where he actually fights back, where he does all these things. And, you know, I think everyone remembers the, the, uh, what would you call it? The suit up scene where he like, you know, makes these like harness for his chainsaw and he spins the shotgun and he says groovy at the end. And it just, it gives you this, this, this character, this, this heroic but goofy character it's very slapstick you know that, that's the thing that this movie introduced versus the original is you know all the silly stuff of like chasing his hand around the cabin and, and the, the the mountain of blood coming out and just the, fighting a skeleton and all, it just is like no this is just some film nerd shouldn't who i mean he wasn't I mean, sam raimi wasn't a shouldn't by this point anymore but it, you kind of feel like this is what he was dreaming of doing when he was a shouldn't and now he got to just go nuts and it kind of has that that inventive fun and just yeah that's just that's just doing nuts it's crazy stuff it's so much fun and it's uh it's a great horror movie it's a great comedy it's super slapsticky cartoony and yeah it is kind of funny that um i really can't think of many other horror movies that do this but this is kind of the one where the hero outshines like the monsters and stuff um like because even movies um you know for example like you know like nightmare on elm street or or halloween or something like you do have like memorable uh final girls and stuff in it but it it's still you know michael myers or freddie or whatever they're still the the you know ones on the cover the people you remember this is yeah. kind of the, the first one where it's like oh no like this is <laughs> what we're here for yeah, um, you're here for ash that's who you're here yeah. for yeah uh, I'll shut up about it now and go on to my 22, uh, mm-hmm. which is Suspiria. Um, obviously a very classic Dario Argento film. Uh, you know, this is another one that's just really, um, you know, the visuals and the music are kind of what makes it for me. Uh, you know, like it, it's still a good story and, you know, there's good, um, like, you know, horror elements and stuff to it. But the, you know the look of it the music of it is so uh like awesome and iconic um actually just got uh, uh some vinyl records for the the soundtrack i'm really excited uh to listen to i, I have a record player but no speakers for it so as soon as i get those <laughs> i thought you were a pro we went over this for your new playstation you're a pro at these things and it takes time uh it's but... actually worse because it's kind of similar in a weird way you bought a ps4 pro but you have a small tv that doesn't do 4k <laughs> and you bought a record player but you have no way of actually listening to the records it's actually yeah. the, the extension of the same problem uh, i'm horrible because uh, i i have a really um 
uh, blossoming uh, record collection. I have like all the Castlevania soundtracks so far, uh, and a couple of really good horror ones. But I have nothing <laughs> to listen to them on. But someday, uh, yeah. I think your next uh, <laughs> luxury purchase, Tim, should be some speakers for your for your record player. I, I think so. <laughs> I hopefully soon. <laughs> Just a guess. I mean, is it not painful watching the collection get bigger and bigger and be like, oh, it would be so nice if I could listen to some of these? Every day. The <laughs> first thing I think of when I wake up, last thing when I go to bed. Uh, okay, my, my number uh, 22. 22. You just said you're 22, right? My number 22. Uh, and I like Suspiria, by the way. It's very bright, very co- It wasn't on my yeah. list, but very bright, very colourful. Uh, I do want to revisit it, though. It's been such a long time, and I've only seen it the once, I think. So I'm not sure if there's a... Blu-ray out, or... I think there's one coming. I feel I feel like I remember like, there being a news <laughs> heading saying a oh, 4K restoration of Suspiria happening. I, see, I, I'm a little upset because uh, I saw I, I think it was the same headline, uh, and I yeah I basically uh, you know took my DVD copy and threw it out the window, uh, which uh, <laughs> I was like it's so long, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Then uh, I looked at the article later, and I believe that's a Europe only edition. Uh, uh, maybe I don't know. Sometimes though, when they do these like prints, they'll then sell them to distributors yeah. like all over the place. So even if it is, uh, it doesn't necessarily I, mean that it won't yeah. come everywhere else. I, I I'm not too upset because I know eventually uh, it'll be available at some point. But I mean, yeah, it, it definitely needs it. <laughs> I know I nearly spat out my drink there when you said you threw your DVD out the window. Um, <laughs> I mean, by that I meant I went to the store and traded in for like two cents. But okay, uh, okay. <laughs> That's not as funny as a visual, though, Tim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so my number 22, uh, also foreign, we're going with a French film called Eyes Without a Face. Oh, okay. I watched that last year. Oh, really? That's cool. Because yeah. uh, I think it was on your the October thon sheet for last year. Oh, yeah. I, I give my recommendations and say, hey, you get points for watching films that I tell you to watch. <laughs> uh, no, this, this is a, a black and white uh, French film from 1960, give or take. And I, I love it. It's it's so atmospheric. It's it's full of creepy imagery. You've you've got this woman who, like, she's been in an accident and her face, like, she has no face, so she wears this plain mask. Then you can just see her eyes. Hence the title, Eyes Without a Face. And the plot is about her deranged. I think his father, like, tr- tr- like kidnapping girls and trying to like steal their faces to like give her a <laughs> face. And it's just it feels like a sort of old school demented, like mad kind of doctor scientist kind of thing. But it's coming from like this place of love for his daughter. Uh, but it's super creepy. It's, it's just oh man, I, I love it so much. It's it, it's nothing but atmosphere for me. Uh, but like I really get into it every time I watch it. I, I highly recommend Eyes Without a Face. Uh, I don't remember like a ton of like stuff plot wise, uh, but I do remember it being like very haunting. Very like, haunting. The, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so my twenty one would be the Evil Dead. Uh, so that'd be the original. Uh, I had the remake earlier on my list, um, but uh, um, yeah, I, I've talked about it a ton before. I, I love this franchise. Uh, this first one I think is still great. Um, it sure it is. You know, overshadowed by. Some of the other movies, um, not saying that they'll end up on my list, but who knows? Yeah, to, but, to, to, uh, your poker face here is horrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, Evil Dead's here, and I already said I like two of the best, but yeah, two's not showing up. Of course not. Two's not showing up. Why would it? Uh, but no, I mean, I think it still holds up. Uh, it's a great low budget uh, horror movie, and uh, I, I, I kind of like having this as like a, 
a weird comparison to the later movies. Just I, I think it's a very interesting evolution. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think it still holds up. Has a, a lot of gore, um, a lot of really good like uh, special effects and stuff. Uh, like on a you know very low budget level, it still yeah, works. Yeah, it's inventive with what it does for for what it's doing, and it's it's very grimy. It feels, feels kind of you know it's shot in that really. I think it may even be Super Eight or maybe it's sixteen millimeter. I can't remember, but it's like shot in really low quality film, and it's very murky and stuff. Uh, but no, no, I, I, it didn't make my list, but it is pretty good. Like I do like it. I, I like the kind of the again that kind of we can do it mentality of like it's just these people yeah. who wanted to make a movie and they, they went out and did it. I, I do appreciate that, and you can I, see it comes it, across in the film. Yeah, like if I remember correctly, I, I think they were like filming it at this cabin on weekends and hmm. uh, i forget if it was this one or the second one but i think they actually had like it was always one person's job to like sleep there overnight to make sure like no one you know steals anything or uh. hmm. yeah <laughs> that's cool sounds cool uh my number 21 is a nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors very nice that's right it's above the first one <laughs> uh, you heard me right this is the pinnacle of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. This is what, what everything I love about when... And I talk about this a lot. Proactive characters. And in this case, it's characters who team up. It's characters who come together. Uh, the Dream Warriors, as the title says. To actually fight back and fight Freddy Krueger. It's a bunch of characters who are in like a mental hospital because they've all encountered Freddy in some capacity. And Freddy's coming after them all. Uh, we have... We have Nancy from the first movie. She's now like a therapist. She's there. This is like, you know, two almost ignores the first movie, whereas this one, it's like, no, 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 Nancy's back and Nancy's involved. Her dad's around as well. Mm. And it's about actually trying to figure out who Freddy is, why he is, why he does exist, where he came from, and can we fight him in his dreams? You know, they're dreams. We can kind of be as powerful as we want to be, and they kind of try and like play with that, and they come together and they fight it. And I love everything about it. It's it's. It's funnier than the first one, you know. It's it's got Freddy to a bit more of a comedy sort of, you know. Welcome to prime time, bitch. It's, it's got that stuff. Great line. I I think that's when he becomes the full on like. Um, I don't think you watch uh, Rick and Morty, uh, but there's a, a character on there, Scary Terry, that's basically like making fun of Freddy, and he says bitch I, all the time. I have seen the first two seasons. I've just not watched season three oh, okay. yet. I'll have you know, Tim. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this is kind of <laughs> where that comes from, that, you know, like, bitch after every line mm-hmm. kind of starts here. But it, it's not, like, overdone in this no, movie. It's, it's and I, th- I think this one has the perfect balance, where it became what we think of as Freddy Krueger, but before he went into, like, full-on parody of, yeah. like, silliness and stuff. Uh, no, I, I love Dream Warriors a lot. I, I think it's the best one in the series. It's the one I have the most fun with. Uh, it's just full of colourful, diff- very different characters. You got a punk chick, you got like uh, the quiet kid, you got you know got all these different characters. Uh, yeah. It's really cool. So no, I, I fully fill fill marks to Dream Warriors. Yeah, I, I like it quite a bit. Um, not not as much as you, but I had it on my as sixty six. But uh, it is really really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of similar to Evil Dead too. The heroes are very memorable in this one. Um, yeah, to the I, you know, I'd say probably out of all of the you know movies in the series this is probably the one where maybe you're rooting against freddy uh yeah, the most like that's true yeah <laughs> also it acts if you want to like pretend the rest of them don't exist this one functions as an ending it oh, really yeah. does like it feels like they've beat freddy at the end and then four just kind of retcons it because you know we need more sequels yeah uh all right so my 20 uh going back to my anthology movies uh which 
I, I notice I have a lot on this list. Uh, <laughs> I really like them. Uh, that would be Creep Show Two. Um, it's uh, I, I think really uh, a solid movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> like you want to disagree? No, it's not. It's not, no, I'm not I've not actually seen Creep Show Two. I should rate that down actually. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, interesting. I, I haven't seen the second one, but I'm just laughing because there was a. There was a, I think, I think it was Cat's Eye in one of the previous parts, you had that oh. on your list, and you set that up as, oh, it's an anthology, it's Stephen King, and I thought you were going to say Creepshow, oh. and I thought when you got to this and it was so high, I was like, oh, this is going to be Creepshow, and then you hit me with Creepshow too. <laughs> so I'm just laughing, I'm like, okay, Creepshow is still going to show up somewhere, I'm sure of it, but... Oh, you never know. Uh, no, I, I, I really like this one, uh, I, I think... Um... Yeah, the stories are, are really solid. There's less of them. There's only three. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the first one isn't great. <laughs> I don't think it's bad. Uh, but the second two are so strong that, uh, you know, it still makes me really love this movie. Yeah, my number 20, I love it so much. By the way, the first third of it's really shit, but the rest of it's... <laughs> I did not saying it's shit, just oh, okay. not okay. perfect. <laughs> All right, my number 20 is The Cabin in the Woods. Oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're more likely to have crossover <laughs> with this video because we've got yeah. heavy hitters coming and stuff. But uh, interesting. This is a, I don't think this is an obvious one though that would be in our top twenty fives. But both of us have put it in our top twenty fives, uh, which yeah. maybe says something. Uh, obviously, you said a, a lot of things about it. I, I, what I love about it is I, I don't think it's a scary movie, but it works really well sure. as uh, on a kind of. Uh, we're going to play with horror movie ideas, and it's a, it is an insanely funny movie. I, I was excited about this because I'm a, a Josh Whedon fan, of course. Who, by the way, did the hit television show <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Uh, but I was excited about when it came out, and it was shelved for a couple of years because MGM were having issues and things. So it was one of those things where, oh, now Chris Hemsworth's huge because Thor came out. Let's pump yeah. out, you know, that movie we've had sitting in the shelf. Um, and yeah, the movie cracks me up so much, and it's funny because we did Halloween Resurrection just a couple of days ago and what I think is funny about that is that we were talking about how you didn't like the premise of people watching the horror movie on oh, the right, screen right. and I was thinking of this movie going no it's great in this movie what are you talking oh, about oh well, sure yeah yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, no I love it great memorable characters people in the control room are memorable the victims are memorable all the villains that show up are memorable it is, a, it is such a tight tight script I love it it's such a yeah. meta commentary on, uh, on horror movies it's great and I think the big uh, – what makes it so good is that, um, yeah, it, it is funny and playing on tropes, but never in a, hey, aren't horror movies stupid kind of way. It's a giant love letter to horror movies. Like there's nothing yeah. cynical about it. Um, yeah. I mean I think the, the only cynical element to it is I think it's maybe challenging us to say – Maybe we don't just do the same thing that we've been doing for the last sure. you know, yeah. 20, 30 years. Maybe we try something else. Like, I think that's the one cynical touch to it. It's like, yeah, we've maybe had enough of this. Like The old ideas are getting a bit stale. Let's do new invent of things. Yeah. But, but, uh, very nice. Uh, my 19 is something you had previously on your list, um, and that would be House of the Devil. Um, ah. uh, yeah, again, uh, we talked about it a little earlier, but uh, phenomenal movie. Uh, I, I honestly I can't get over how period appropriate it looks like you know a lot of times we see people going for you know an 80s or 70s aesthetic or something but you can still tell that it's modern this like if you plopped it in front of me and told me like that you know it was from um you know like the early 80s or something or even like late 70s kind of uh I, I would believe 100 percent and um 
yeah, uh, slow burn, um, but so atmospheric and everything about it just like visually it, it's great looks good uh, i love the main character um really nice music just a creepy atmosphere i can't recommend this one enough yep i already talked about it uh all, all i'll <laughs> add is i love that the opening titles freeze for every title as she's walking along listen to yep. her walkman good stuff uh so uh, my number 19 is a film you've had before and a film that i've had a related film to before on this list and that mm-hmm. is the 2013 version of Maniac. Oh, okay. I had nice. the original a little bit further further back. I had that uh, around number 30 or so. Um, this one takes the plot of Maniac and says, let's do this as a first-person POV. You know you know how you have the opening scene of Halloween, for example, is the famous example of this, where you're, you've got the killer's POV for the scene and everything's through their eyes. This movie says, let's do the entire thing that way. And <laughs> it is so demented, it feels grimy, you feel like you're inside the head of a crazy person. And, like, it is. It, and the, the small like moments where it does kind of switch to a different camera angle, it's like, oh man, this feels like big because they've been like so persistent with how they've done it the whole time. Uh, the kills are violent, it feels grimy as shit. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love that the original feels very grimy as well, but this one does it in a completely different way. Like... The last one you feel like a voyeur. This one you feel like you're the killer, and it just if you feel dirty and oh, oh, I love it. It's great. Elijah Wood does a good performance as well, so I recommend yeah. Maniac. This is one that I went to see at the cinema and was expecting nothing, and came out just being like, "Yes." In fact, I remember like after five minutes going, "Oh, that's POV shots lasting a long time." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had it my eighty six. Uh, I I like it a lot as well. I, I love Elijah Wood. He does such a good creep. Um, I don't have any context for the original movie because uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, I still really like this. And yeah, I think on paper, you know, if he would have given me this gimmick, like oh, it's like all told from this person's perspective, I'd be like, I don't know. It seems like a little much, but totally works in this movie. Um, really gives you like an uncomfortable you know, uh, look into his head. and Yeah, you feel like a predator because yeah. you're, you're seeing them run away from you the whole time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much like that. Uh, you also just gave me an idea for a cool crossover. I want <laughs> I want the, the Elijah Wood from this to be uh, Mark Duplass's next victim from Creep. Okay. And I, I want to see them together <laughs> and how, how that plays off of each other. That's what I want I'd be, in life. I'd be down for that. That'd be good. Uh, Alright, so what are we up to? 18? All right, uh, my 18 is a Wes Craven movie, and <laughs> it is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh, I really, really love this movie. Um, uh, again, I mentioned before, I'm you know, a big fan of the Nightmare franchise. I've had uh, you know, some of the other movies on this list, uh, and I think this is such a great um like, I'm not even sure what you would call it. It's like not like a reboot, but uh, I guess just a like it, one-off. It, like it, it's not even like technically like a nightmare. I'd say movie, a, I guess. But... Yeah, I'd say it's a spin-off because it's such a weird yeah. premise. It's basically New Nightmare is set in the real world, and Freddy Krueger yeah. starts to go after the actors who were in the original movie. 
but there's which you know kind of sounds like that could be a little cheesy but i actually think they come out like with a really cool uh way of doing it and a way of like kind of playing off uh you know how stories can affect the real world and it was it was uh, kind of a precursor to scream because obviously this was before scream and which yeah. Wes Craven also did and it was kind of the idea of analyzing what the horror movies were doing and scream kind of yeah. took that even further and went full satire with it but this was kind of the first steps and I, I think it's such a cool thing to do after you just had a horrible, you know, last movie uh, with this character, and um, this is just an, an awesome, like, you know, way to kind of bring him back. And yeah, uh, I love this movie. Really, really cool. Really creative. I, I like it. Um, I don't love it as much as you do, but I, I do appreciate the creative side of it and i do like um that you even get like robert england just being himself as well yeah you know in the movie and i like that uh bob shea who who ran new line <laughs> cinema is also in the movie because like they're yeah. pitching a script to him uh and wes craven's in it playing himself and stuff so yeah. like uh, it's, it's a really goofy idea no johnny depp although i as i do recall hearing that wes craven never even asked him because by the time this was happening he was like the hugest star on the planet like uh, he was yeah uh, but Johnny Depp apparently after like it came out and he saw it happen, he was like, "Hey, why didn't you ask me to be in that? I'd have totally joined up for this." <laughs> That's a shame, uh, especially yeah. he he does have a little cameo in uh, the one before too. It, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, in six, you're right. Yeah, like um, he's like it's just like a little commercial thing that took probably like two seconds, but uh, hmm. that'd be interesting. Um, anyway, so what we on eighteen? Uh, my number eighteen is Prince of Darkness. Ooh, nice. Yeah, John Carpenter. Uh, this was one that, like, I, I think when I first saw this a couple of years ago and we talked about it, I was this was the last big John Carpenter movie that I was really, like, still... It was on my to-do list. Like, I still had to see this one. Uh, that's not to say that I've seen all of his movies, but this was the last one that I knew had, like, a reputation that I knew I should be excited about uh, and never disappointed. Like, I love the, the feeling of cosmic dread where you feel like this evil's coming and there's all these scientists in this church trying to analyse these things they're reading and weird things are starting to happen but there's this there's this promise of evil is coming and it's about trying to prevent it um, it's just it's such a such a fun idea, it's got a great cast really uh, mixed mix of characters and um, yeah, good music of course because Carpenter always does that but yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that feeling of the looming apocalypse which is kind of there throughout, that idea of it being cosmic horror uh, is, is what I love about it yeah, uh, I had it on my 43. Um, really good, solid uh, film. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – I kind of – I like that Carpenter can, like, make really easy, simple movies. But he can also make this stuff that's, like, really big and out there and has, like, you know, crazy existential stuff to it. Uh, I, don't know, I think that's pretty impressive. All right, so my 17 uh, is Dawn of the Dead. And I guess, you know, if I have to dignify this with a year, uh, you know, I am talking about the 1978 version. Thank thank God. (laughs) I was just a little bit worried. Uh, But no, this is phenomenal. Like for me, I I think everyone kind of has, you know, their pick when it comes to, you know, the Romero movies. Uh, But anyway, I I think there could be a case made for all of them. Even, you know, Day of the Dead, a lot of people... uh, you know has its fan base but uh for me don is the the pinnacle um of course romero so you have uh you know that social commentary on there you know this is a really easy one it's obviously very you know about consumerism and uh all that kind of stuff but this just the idea of being trapped in a mall is so fun uh 
any of the zombie stuff is cool and all the human stuff is cool and I don't know it's a great <laughs> great movie yeah it's got memorable characters it's got a really fun central location and much like Night it's the human characters and what the story's about in terms of them that's actually the meat of the, the movie uh, so it has a lot to say on top of just the fun zombie uh, and I like how strategic it is. Like it's all about them trying to figure out, okay, how do we get rid of all the zombies in the mall? And how do we live here? And you know, it was just fun. There's wish fulfillment elements to it as well. It's you know, it's it's, it's a classic for a reason. Um, my number seventeen is Insidious. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Um, neither of the sequels quite made it onto my top one hundred. Although three wasn't too far off uh, making it. Uh, but Insidious, for me, again, much much like a lot of newer films, is I, I go on expecting next to nothing. Uh, this, I went in, I was killing time. Funnily enough, I was killing time before X-Men First Class, because they were out at the same time. And amusingly, Rose Byrne is in both movies. <laughs> and I watched Insidious first. I was killing time until X-Men was ready. And I went into X-Men, and she appears in that movie, and I was like, yeah, she looks familiar. What have I seen her in before? <laughs> and then I found out later, I was like, oh, she was in the movie I literally just watched. What an idiot I am. Uh, but Insidious, I, I, I think it's got some really good scares in it. It has some really fun inventive scares. It has some memorable moments. But for me, when it really takes off is, and some people hate the second half, they think it gets goofy. I love where it goes. I love the mythology oh, yeah. it plays with. It, it builds this whole idea. This, it, it, you know, it's almost, again, we talk about rules in supernatural movies. It it builds this sort of mythology that does have a kind of a set of rules to it. Um, it's not just that the house is haunted. It's not even just that the person is haunted. There's there's something going on behind the surface, and we learn about what that is. And you know, I actually like the kind of backstory that it sets up and why they're being targeted and what's going on and the character story with the the father going after his son and all the rest of it. I love it. And when they go into this other place that's called the Further. Uh, it looks really cool and really atmospheric. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just a, just a blast. It's just it's good ideas. I like all that stuff. Yeah, uh, I had it at my twenty eight. Um, yeah, agree with everything you said. Uh, really good. Um, I I think going in, I didn't really expect uh, much either. And when I left the theater, in fact, if I remember correctly, I think I saw this and was literally like the only person in the theater. <laughs> And like it, because like, like I, yeah, I don't think you know many people had kind of glommed onto it yet that you know it was gonna be a thing. And I've been I, there, been there. <laughs> and I remember like leaving the theater and just being like, yeah, once it ended and the credits rolling, just being in this dark theater all by myself and being like, I think I like generally creeped out. Like that was good. Had and uh, yeah, so big fan of that movie. Um, let's see, we are on sixteen. <laughs> so. Uh, I think you might have talked about this one before, uh, or maybe I mean I forget. Uh, but it is "Let the Right One In." Um, oh yes, I I've have uh, talked about this. Have I? Oh, okay. I actually don't know if I have. Well, I, I meant on the list. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. All right, well we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. Uh, it is, you know, a, a fantastic, um, you know, vampire movie, but kind of a more quiet, subdued one. Um, there's a lot of really creepy stuff, uh, you know, and, and the kind of stuff that we like where it's not like in your face. It's just like a lot of, you know, stuff going in, on in the background and stuff that you piece together, but it's, you know, beautifully shot. Uh, yeah, it looks great. And, uh, I think we, maybe we reviewed it maybe last year or earlier this year. I forget. It was earlier this year. 
Okay, and uh, yeah, I think it still holds up really well. Just easily one of the best uh, vampire movies uh, I'd say ever made, actually. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's fantastic. I love the snowy setting, and I think it all comes down to you give me good characters that I care about, and it doesn't even matter yeah. if there's not a lot of big horror moments per se. There's a, there's a couple of great ones, don't get me wrong, but it, if I care about the characters, if, I, if you give me genuinely good characters and they're in a horrific world then I'll care about that horrific world in a way that I, I wouldn't do if it was just goofy characters. Even though that can be fun, it can, it can absolutely be, but uh, yeah. that's not what Leathery One is. So, uh, My number 16 is my favourite of the Universal Monsters, the classics, and that is The Invisible Man, which you had at some silly number down low. Uh, let's see... 62. <laughs> Oh, God, Tim. God. Uh, this is my favourite of the Universal Monsters. This is, like, you know, I love Frankenstein and Dracula. I've had them on here. I enjoy some of the others as well, of course. Uh, but this is... Again, this is coming back to the core character. We get Claude Rains playing the Invisible Man. He is he is so charismatic. He is so funny. He is so deliciously evil. And, <laughs> yeah, I picked that word very specific because he just... He he chews up. There's times where you can't even see him because he's invisible, but he is just he's carrying the scene. Him messing with people, him doing bad things. Uh, it's just it's so fun and playful, and it's as funny as it is, it is creepy and at times. Uh, uh, the ending with him laughing. I won't say what what else is going on for spoilers' sake, just in case you've not seen it. Even though it's a really old movie, you should go check it out. But him his laughter at the end always just is like yeah. Uh, and this is one where I'm on his side for the most part. I actually. Like I'm rooting for him for for most of the movie. It's not like I'm like, oh, but these innocent victims. No, no, him. He's <laughs> like he's the one I'm following. Invisible man. Yeah, uh, it's very good. Uh, I like it as well. Uh, but I already talked about it, so that's right. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna say much else. <laughs> fire on, fire on. Number fifteen, Tim. Number fifteen. Another anthology movie. Oh God. Is it creep show? Is it creep show? It's going to be creep it show. Is, yes, it is creep show. Oh, good Finally. creep show! Finally, I, I can stop waiting. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I mentioned before, I love Stephen King. Um, I love George Romero. I love anthology movies. This has everything uh, I like, um, and all of them I feel like are very, very strong. Uh, the the cockroach one is the only one I'm not super crazy about, but I, I don't mind it. But. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know they they have good effects. They're you know really effective you know short uh, stories, and I, I like the kind of comic book aesthetic to it. And uh, yeah, this is when I constantly find myself uh, returning to and revisiting. I have fan. fun with it. I've only ever seen it once though. Oh my! And the only story I really remember of it is the one with Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. I recall that one pretty memorably, but the rest of them are kind of. Faded away, I remember Stephen King's in it. He's like a yeah. farmer or some or something at some point. Yeah, but that's about it. yeah. Stephen King, his son's in it uh, as well. Joe Hill, who's oh, a very really? uh, actually very excellent author. I've really been enjoying his stuff. Hmm. Uh, but that's funny because I, I always feel like the first one, uh, the birthday cake one, is a uh, or I, th- I think it's called Father's Day uh, is the most memorable one. But um, yeah, we should revisit it at some point. Cool. My number fifteen is one that I think you've brought up already. And that is The Mist. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Speaking of Stephen King, actually. uh, (laughs) I didn't even realise the connection was there, but there it is. Uh, Frank Darabont directed. Uh, We did this uh, earlier in the year because the TV show was starting. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, so... 
the, this is a movie where a bunch of people are trapped in a a, a, a supermarket and there's this mist that's rolled into town and there's monsters in it. We don't know where it's from. It's, you know, it's implied it's from another dimension or something, but we really don't know. And it's, it's again, it's kind of like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead. It's a bottle movie. You've got all the characters in one location. It's what it represents for the hum- human story society, like how, how they kind of form factions and break down and all this stuff. Uh, the monsters are a lot of fun. Uh, watch it in black and white if you've got it on the Blu-ray. You get the black black and white version. Because it actually, the funny thing is, it's, it's intended to be black and white, but on top of that, it actually helps a lot of the CG. Like, the CG looks better in black oh, yeah. and white. It's kind of funny how much better the tentacles look. Um, yeah, those tentacles. Yeah, if that doesn't sell <laughs> you, I don't know what will. Uh, and I know Tim mentioned this at the time, but, you know, when he brought up on his list, but one of the most memorable endings of any yeah. horror movie. <laughs> uh, it will stick with you, I promise you. Uh, don't get it spoiled for you. Just go watch it. Have a good time, yeah. and uh, yeah. I had it at my number forty, uh, and actually, just recently, I bought Skeleton Crew, which is the short story collection by Stephen King that has the mist in it. Oh. Uh, and when I was checking out, the lady uh, was like, "Oh, like because unfortunately, it's one of those books that has a you know big sticker on the front says featuring the mist, a soon to be television <laughs> event on." And uh, the lady that was checking me out, she was like, oh, you know, they just did a TV show on this. And I was like, all right, here we go. Like, I don't – am I going to have a conversation with this lady about how bad the TV show was? Because uh, I feel like usually when people bring mm. stuff up, it's like, it was great, right? Uh, but the lady was like, it sucked. And I was like, yes, it, it did. <laughs> uh, and I actually had a nice little conversation about how crappy the TV show was. Did, did she mention how good the movie was? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. We okay. were like, oh, yeah, it's did nothing compared to the movie. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so my number 14 uh, – so at this point, I think I'm going to stop saying that you, you already talked about this because I'm pretty sure this is on your list. But again, there's going to be a lot of you know intersection with these mm-hmm. top ones. Uh, so my 14 is Army of Darkness. Um, again, <laughs> like I just mentioned 20 minutes ago, I love the Evil Dead <laughs> series. Uh, yeah, this one is uh, – this one, it's kind of like almost full-blown like – comedy territory at this point uh which again i like that evolution like first one like straight up horror movie second one horror movie but with some comedy and slapstick and then this one is like very comedic but also you know you still got the deadites the monsters i'd I'd argue that it's not even like part horror i'd say it's like part comedy and just kind of action adventure Sure. Yeah. Almost because he, he, he goes back and he trains up the knights to like fight the deadites. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. sure, the deadites themselves look like of a horror movie, absolutely. But yeah. other than that, it's more like a back in time adventure. Yeah. It's like Black Knight <laughs> with Martin Lawrence. If you ever seen that, <laughs> um, I think I've seen bits and pieces. But uh, but yeah, I mean, again, yeah. At this point, you love Ash so much, and it's him doing his thing. Uh, and again, more Sam Raimi, you know, kind of Three Stooges cartoon esque. Uh, comedy going on, but really great and still a fun watch. This is my boomstick, people. This is my <laughs> boomstick. Yes, I did talk about this earlier, so I will move swiftly on to my number 14, which is one of my favourite vampire films, Near Dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is Catherine Bigelow, actually, funnily enough, uh, who went on to make an even bigger name for herself in a lot of more serious films, but this is still my favourite thing by her. Uh, this is Bill Paxton, Lance Henriksen, and Jeanette Goldstein, who are all in Aliens, and they're all playing vampires in this movie. You get Adrian Pazdar, who's known now for being on Heroes, and uh, he was in Sh- Agents of Shield recently. He's actually on the current season of Supergirl, um, but like 
he's like the main character. It's got, it's got that sort of romance thing. You get Tangerine Dream doing the score. It's this hypnotic, dreamy, synthy soundtrack. It's a vampire kind of a western. You have great memorable scenes. Bill Paxton is phenomenal in this movie. He he steals the screen every time he's on it. Uh, the bar scene where they kill a bunch of people is phenomenal. It's it's fantastic. Like, I remember loving it a lot. And then we rewatched it for the show like last year or sometime. It was like, you know what? This is even better than I remember. Like, this is actually excellent. It's so good. It's so, so good. Yeah, uh, I had it my 38. Uh, it's, yeah, really good. I like it a lot. Um, <sighs> my number 13. Um, probably going to get some shit from you. Uh, I know I got shit from people last year when I was posting my list. Uh, not because of the movie, just because of the placement. <laughs> but uh, my number 13 is Halloween. Uh, obviously the original one, not even going to bother with the, if it's Rob Zombie or not, but, um, I mean, this is a fantastic movie, obviously, you know, we've been talking about a lot lately because we've been doing, you know, not this one specifically, but we've been reviewing the other Halloween movies and, uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about it at some point, so I don't need to go into it. It's a classic, obviously, but it's great. Uh, it's not my favorite horror movie though, so it's a little later on the list. Oh, is it time for my next number? Sorry, I, I blacked <laughs> out there for a second. My number 13 is Bubba Hotep, baby. Nice. Bubba Hotep, yes. I actually have this ranked higher than all the, the uh, Evil Deads. I like this one just Interesting. a bit more. Uh, this is Bruce Campbell playing Elvis in an old folks' home. He switched bodies with an impersonator. Uh, the impersonator is the one who died, and he's now in a, a, a old folks' home, and it's been attacked by a mummy who is stealing the souls of the the old people who lived there. Yeah. He, he teams up with a black man who claims to be JFK, <laughs> played by Ozzy Davis, who's also fantastic. Uh, they they try and basically research and combat this mummy, despite the fact that they are using walking sticks and wheelchairs, respectively. And <laughs> it is it sounds like the biggest ridiculous thing ever, and it has so much heart, like it, like. You really care about these two by the end of the movie. You you are rooting for them like nothing else. The music is fantastic. Uh, I love the themes that play. There's a scene where this uh, demented old guy who thinks he's a cowboy like goes down, and it is like the most heartwarming like little sequence ever. And I don't even think that's much of a spoiler because it's it just ah, oh, but it's great. It's great. And Bruce Ca- Campbell is milking it so much as Elvis. <laughs> you know, don't fuck with the king and other phrases <laughs> like that. It is oh, I love it so much. Oh wait, so did you just have The Mist Near Dark and Bubba Hotep? Those were all your last three, right? Uh, yeah, why? Oh no, it's just funny because I'm, I'm looking at my list and I, I had all those two. So I had number 40 was The Mist, number 38 was Near Dark for me, number 36 was Bubba Hotep. I just <laughs> think it's okay, funny yeah. that they're... All, all pretty so, close in both lists. Yeah. Although, and the correct placements on mine as opposed to yours <laughs> where you're down there in the thirties and whatnot, um, but no. Obviously, yeah. I, I, you probably mentioned it when you said it yourself when you had this pick. But just also, it's the director of Phantasm, Don Coscarelli, uh, who directed this as well. So, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I might also get some shit for this placement too. But uh, my number twelve is John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, it's. Uh... <laughs> It's great, but there's some stuff I just like a little bit better. Uh, 
obviously Carpenter is amazing. So you know the music's great. The uh, visuals are awesome. And everyone knows the story. Arctic Research Base, uh, Alien, lots of great gore. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty good. Thames in the lead, he says. In the lead. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll see. Uh, I'm not even going to entertain it. Although it is kind of funny you had two in a row from the same director because my number 12 is Phantasm. Phantasm. Oh, okay. Uh, see, see. <laughs> uh, I mean, we just reviewed this like a week ago. So, I mean, it's just weird to you know give much on it. But super atmospheric, super creepy, small town vibes. Tall Man's such a, a memorable villain but for different reasons than like you know you're michael and your freddy and your jason he's, he doesn't have a mask he's just like he's creepy all on his own uh you know no offense to angus shrimp but he's just he's got the face for <laughs> like he's, he's a creepy dude yeah. uh great music as well great main theme uh super fun and uh just just very haunting i, I, I love the the small town it's you know two brothers who have to kind of unite to take this on it's like the big brother has to believe his little brother that this crazy stuff is happening and there's some really fun effects moments as well you know given that it's kind of like evil dead and it was that kind of let's make a movie at the weekends we'll have got time whilst we're all working real jobs and stuff it's you know uh yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say real jobs regular jobs um but like you know it's got that vibe to it and uh it's super dark and you're probably going to talk about it later so I'll stop <laughs> and... oh we'll see we'll see uh it, it, it's great but yeah let, i'll keep going so my number 11 would be the exorcist um okay okay so yeah i mean it, it's kind of funny like the I mean, I'm not even I'm not a very religious person, person, but uh, I don't know something about this movie almost makes me like want to believe in I don't know the battle of, between like God and the devil or something. It's uh, yeah, I like, the, I like how it's not that it wants me want to believe in God so that I can feel comfort in life. You know, like most people use religion for. You just want to believe in it because the idea there's an eternal battle between Satan and Christ is really entertaining. Um, but there's a it's a lot of cool stuff like very you know memorable scenes um and i feel like we've brought this up a few times but uh not in a original theme but you know the use of tubular bells in this works really well and uh you know and i, I feel like every time i rewatch it i kind of forget that it is a little bit of a slow burn uh but you know once they get, do get into the stuff i think it's some really great creepy stuff um in it your mother sucks cocks in hell um <laughs> yeah also i just I would just like to add on to this. I, I obviously I spoke about this earlier. I had this uh, quite a bit lower, but it's still on the list, of course. Um, if you have the choice, go with the, the original theatrical cut, the extended cut, the extended director's cut. Uh, changes the ending for the worse and just adds in like a pointless spider walk scene, which isn't really needed for anything. Uh, yeah. I, I highly recommend just going with the original cut as the superior version of the film. I think that that spider wax scene is like a cool scene, but I think it works better as like just watch it as a deleted yeah. scene. It doesn't it, need to be in the movie. It's one of those director's cut where they just wanted to have an excuse to release it in cinemas again, so they asked them to do yeah. a, a new version, and it's just like, oh, we can put it in, so we'll just do it. Honestly, yeah. the original cut is the better one. Uh, so yeah, uh, my number eleven, uh, and I think you've had this already. Uh, is Stranger Things. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I see what you did there. Oh, okay. Very good, very good. I'm deflated now. Uh, my number 11 is Night of the Living Dead. Uh, nice. The original, of course. Um, uh, George A. Romero. Uh, we've talk- I mean, we've, 
I, I feel like when you picked this, you went on this monologue about how it's the epitome and it's the, it's the movie that gave birth to everything we think of as zombies. <laughs> and I don't know how I can top that in a little blurb. So I'll just say I love it. I love the characters and the way they play off of each other. The, the, the social commentary, the racial commentary, the commentary of the time period, uh, and the depressing fact that it still is relevant today, if not more so than it was in 1968. And I'll just leave it at that. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, great. I had my 27. Really like it. Uh, my number 10. Oh, well, be... a, uh, top 10, Tim. Let's take a moment to appreciate where we're getting the top 10. <sighs> okay. Just, just appreciate that. <laughs> top 10 horror films from me and Tim. Mm. These are probably going to be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. You've burned some of your, your better cards already, so we'll see how it goes. Tim, what's your number 10? It's a little story about a tiny magical Irish creature oh. sent to space. <laughs> Tim, don't do that. Don't do that, right? I'm not in great shape. I'm worried that I'm going to have a heart attack at a young age as it is without you dropping Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun Goes to Space or whatever it's called. Uh, it is a good movie, but obviously not top 10 What's material. that? So- Shop. <laughs> My number 10 um, is an American werewolf in London, not Paris. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, this is great. I think easily the best werewolf movie. Uh, There's there's pretty good werewolf movies. I think there's a lot of bad ones. Uh, I want to like more werewolf movies, but I, I I think it's really hard to you know come even close to this the uh it's actually i always forget it's actually pretty humorous um when you rewatch it um, it's, it's very I, funny actually i think it's got a lot yeah. of comedy in it yeah and for some reason it's just not something i, I remember but then as i watch it, i'm like oh there's a lot of really funny lines and uh there's there's uh some interesting like uh you know mythology stuff i, I like here like i like the idea of you know a, a werewolf being tormented by its past victims and hmm. um and of course the uh the, the music's great uh, of course not like you know original themes but the use of like you know um bad moon rising is phenomenal and uh the transformation sequence just outdoes anything you know in any werewolf movie it is so goddamn good uh it's phenomenal i really really dig this movie i uh already had this pick earlier on so i will simply move on to my number 10 <laughs> which is <laughs> Nosferatu, the vampire. Oh, okay. As in the Werner Herzog 1979 version of Nosferatu. Okay, even more specific. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starring Klaus Kinski, that crazy man. Uh, This, like, again, I suppose, I mean, I said Near Dark was one of my favourite vampire movies. I guess by default, so is this, because it's higher. Um, (laughs) But it is, it's actually uh, my favourite version of Dracula, funnily enough. Um, oh. Not that it's uh, the, the most faithful by any means, but uh, it's just the, the atmosphere in this one. And I think partly because you have Klaus Kinski, who's such a... I mean, he, he, he is like a complete bastard in real life. He, he, he was a creepy asshole anyway. <laughs> so when you put him in a creepy role like this, where he's meant to be kind of monstrous and crazy, it just fits like a glove. It's, it's so authentic in a really bad way. Uh, but it's like it's just oozing this atmosphere and going up to the castle and like meeting him and then... <laughs> Uh, him sneaking around after the fact, like, and I love Herzog as a director, so that adds a lot to it for me. Um, 
But no, I I, I, I I think this is another one where I sat down and watched it, you know, oh, I like Herzog and, you know, I like, you know, Dracula stories, sure. And I came away just being like, oh man, that floored me. Like, I was so into that. Like, um, but yeah, Kinski's a big reason. It's Kinski and then the atmosphere from the direction uh, and the look of the movie, or what, what does it? Yeah, I think I saw this for the first time, like, two or three years ago. Um, and actually, like, a small independent theater was playing it. And, uh, uh, I, actually, I, I think I had known that you highly recommended it, so I took a chance, and uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I feel like I need to watch it again because I only saw it the one time, but uh, I remember liking it. I'll have to think of a reason. But the guy <laughs> who made The Witch is doing a new version yes. of Nosferatu as his next movie, uh, and Anna Taylor-Joy is coming back for it. So we'll have a good reason to go back and do the Nosferatu movies uh, in the not-too-distant future. So that's yeah. something to look forward oh. to. Something to look forward to. Uh, but, I mean, that's actually kind of a perfect uh, segue into my number nine, uh, which... Am I not just look. the best? Look at that. That was such a natural segue. <laughs> look, look at me go. That was beautiful work. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, uh, number nine for me is Killer the... Killer Clowns from uh, Space. <laughs> <laughs> actually, not a bad movie. I'm surprised <laughs> it didn't make the list, but uh, no, it would be The Witch or The Vivitch, uh, as some people call it. Um, I, I, I like The Witch, <laughs> but uh, you talked about this earlier. Uh, this was a movie that came out uh, last year or the year before? Uh, um, 20, it, it, was, it, was, it was early 2016. Yeah, 2016. Okay. Yeah, um, I, had, I I remember seeing the trailer, um, and this was one that I like. Sometimes you see a trailer, and you're like, "Oh, that looks good. I I can't wait for that. Like, I'm excited to see that." This was one where I was like counting down the days. Uh, I couldn't wait to see it, and I was not disappointed. I know some people had like, you know, oh, it wasn't that scary, blah, blah, blah. but it's, you know, it's not about... It was about... boring. There was no jump scares. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like the marketing or, or, or something because there was a lot of stuff at the time being like, oh, it's the scariest movie ever. But I mean, I think it is genuinely creepy, but it's so atmospheric and... and the... think, honestly, Tim, I think the problem is that other horror movies, the, the, the crappier ones, have got people trained to expect jump scares, and if they that's don't true, have those, yeah. then it's not a scary movie. Uh, which yeah. is a shame, because that, that's that's actually the opposite of the truth. But um... yeah. and it, it don't, you, know, you don't even need scares sometimes to be a, a good horror movie. Um, you know, certainly, sure, it helps, but it, that, that's not the end-all, be-all of the genre. But... Uh, yeah, I, I can't get over you know this movie. I it, it just looks so well, uh, and the you know just the use of, of authentic dialogue and you know um, the like look of the house and costumes and everything and uh, obviously goats. You know, love my goats. Uh, <laughs> Black Phillips a man. There was a goat at it. Two points added immediately. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is uh, fantastic, and you know sometimes you feel like a little weird about, uh, like, you know, because uh, again, you know, we're doing the videos now, but um, ed- I-, I did edit the the list, but a lot of the stuff was from the list uh, that I made last year, and even making it, it was kind of like, do I want to put a new movie this high? And this obviously yeah, deserved it, though. I love it, it. It's been another year, so you've got another year to look at it and go, yeah. hey, okay, I still feel this way a year later, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, my number nine 
sticking with my favourite vampire movies ever made, <laughs> let the right one in. There we which, go. <laughs> which Tim kind of spoiled because he was, was all like, "Oh, have you had this? You have not yet." Um, yeah, I mean, I already spoke about it. It's, it's, it's so atmospheric, and like I say, it's the characters you really care about Eli, uh, and you you care about the kids. You care about their their connection and the actual horrific part of the story that's kind of like under the surface when you really think about it is actually much more horrific than any just jumping out and biting someone that they you know <laughs> they, they could be doing in a vampire yeah. movie so I, I love it I, I love how uh, how much of a personal horror story it is rather than just the obvious jump out scary monsters biting blood death it's more about the manipulation and the corruption and the the, the the condition the the grooming actually that's a, that's a better word the grooming uh, <laughs> yeah. horror of a vampire and I I uh, love it so we can <laughs> move on and the remake's fine it's a decently made film it's got a couple of really good scenes in it even but it's also kind of pointless and as much as I like Matt yeah. Reeves and I like Chloe Grace Moretz the original's the way to go let the right one in every time without a doubt yeah so my number eight a uh, little bit of a, a weird one but again in a weird way that I like very much. Uh, and that would be Dario Argento's Phenomena, which, not to be confused with the John Travolta movie Phenomenon, which I almost ultimately have to explain to someone every time I mention it. Uh, but this is a really, really bizarre movie. Uh, it's Argento, so, um, you know, uh, the music's great, uh, the atmosphere's great. Uh, you got a young Jennifer Connelly as a um uh what a what do you call those like a a student abroad um <laughs> a foreign exchange student maybe? For, there that, that's a word yeah uh and she has she has the power to talk to insects uh which she uses to hunt down a serial killer and uh you know all of that is fine <laughs> oh, i just but... i just i love that sentence she has the power to talk to insects which she uses to hunt down a serial killer Joe, you know, it's funny actually see when you said the title i wasn't sure if i'd seen it and then i turned around to check if it was the movie i thought it was and it is so i have seen it but i just had to double check <laughs> Um, I, I think it's also referred to as Creepers Three sometimes. Uh, for yeah. reasons I have no idea why. I've never seen. Have you? Ever, <laughs> I've never even heard of Creepers. What's Creepers? I I don't know, but I recently got the. Uh, again, this is another one. I recently upgraded to Blu-ray, um, and they have like three different versions. The you know an extended cut, like theatrical cut, and then mm. they have like the U.S. Creepers Three cut, and I'm like, what <laughs> is this? Uh, but. I, I I just have to mention though the real reason why I, I love this is uh, there is a plot line I would say maybe like a subplot uh, that involves a chimpanzee uh, picking up a switchblade and going on a quest for vengeance uh, <laughs> for its master's death and I I absolutely love it <laughs> yeah we'll have to get around to this at some point um, <laughs> I, oh, have I, you I, seen it uh, no I've seen it I've seen it oh, uh, okay. I don't remember a whole lot about it though. I do remember a chimpanzee. Is Donald Pleasance in it? I don't believe so. There's someone uh, in it. There's, there's definitely an older doctor figure who's there. Yeah. Who works for yeah, the uh, chimpanzee. Who is that? Is someone notable? Uh, I, I don't know the actor off the top oh, of my God, head. Right. Good talking to <laughs> uh, But yeah, uh, I feel like a lot of times, uh, you know, Suspiria is kind of the big number one Argento, but this one for me kind of overtakes that. I don't know. It's backwards. I don't, I don't. Let it focus. Let it focus. 
Like the point is, is that you're wrong. All pleasance is on it. You're wrong. It? Okay. <laughs> I want to prove it, but you know what? If it's not going to focus, it's not going to focus. Uh, yeah. So oh, I'm right. Wait. I, Even though actually, it's Tim's yeah. favorite movie, and I'm right. <laughs> well, uh, for some reason, I was thinking of Donald Sutherland, but uh, <laughs> well, when you said Donald Pleasance, uh, I imagined Donald Sutherland, but. All right, uh, but he's not the chimpanzee though, so he's not the <laughs> star. Of oh, the sure, movie. yeah, sure, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, at least I didn't imagine any ducks. You, you could have went to Donald Duck. <laughs> that have been really, really strange. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot about it though. I have seen it, seen it a few years ago when I first got the Blu-ray. But I, 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 I will have to see it again before I offer any in-depth opinions. So what are we on? Is it number eight? Eight. Number eight. My number eight is The Shining. Mm. And uh, I feel like, I mean, you know, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> and uh, you know, taking care of a, a big hotel over the winter when no one else is using it. Having his family, his little boy and his wife, and his little boy may or may not have some sort of psychic abilities uh, referred to as The Shining. And he, uh, Jack Nicholson goes crazy and maybe tries to kill his family and that's the plot of it. Now, I know uh, Stephen King hates the movie because it is completely different to the book, but uh, it's Stanley Kubrick and as much as King, you know what, you've got talent, kid, you do, but <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is a goddamn master and this movie is exceptional uh, from start to finish. Beautiful shots, beautiful acting and performances. You, you really get the sense that he probably put, put through his, his actors through hell to get them to you know, react in certain ways, and uh, Nicholson's born to play a crazy man. It's ah, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's one of the very, very rare movies. I, I can't really think of many examples where it's so different from the source material, but still uh, really good. I, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's better. I, I read the book. I, I like the book quite a bit, uh, but you know, I, I like them for different reasons. And um, but. Yeah, this is great. It's a very important movie too. There's a lot of, you know, uh, allusions to, you know, real, real world stuff and conspiracy theories. Uh, so it's um, definitely, you know, good to. Uh, it's also informative in that respect as well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make a point of comparing the cuts because there's, there's a US cut and a Europe cut and they're, they're both different. Um, oh, interesting. Every time it's been released, they've always released it like with the the the, the corresponding cuts. I've been meaning to check, make a point of checking out the other one, um, but we'll see. Uh, so, uh, you're, you're number seven, Tim. My number seven would be A Nightmare on Elm Street. I, you know, we recently did the review for this. Uh, I love this first one. I think it's a phenomenal horror movie. Um, it still works as being really creepy and inventive um, and, you know, very different from where the series goes. Um, I... You know, I, I had New Nightmare and Dream Warriors also on the list. I think those like make a phenomenal, like, um, yeah. I don't want to say necessarily like trilogy or anything, but I I think they all go really well together, and that they all kind of do something a little different, uh, and they're all very enjoyable in different ways. But uh, the first one is still, you know, the one that does it for me the most. It's an okay prequel to Dream Warriors. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I mean I like the first one a lot. Yeah. Obviously, I had that on my list as well. It's a fantastic film. Uh, so yeah, I already talked about it. So I'll swiftly move on to my number seven, which is a very recent film. Actually, this is probably the highest like recent film uh, on the list. Number seven in my top oh, ten. I know what it is. 
I don't. I, I guarantee I do. <laughs> don't. But two words. What could follow a nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it could follow a nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, it follows is my uh, is my number seven. Uh, that, that this completely blew me away when I seen it uh, two years ago, twenty fifteen. It was kind of the and you know some people are like oh I don't get it I don't that this is like that, that this was the filmmaking style of a Halloween. It felt very John Carpenter at times where you know they're walking down the sides of the streets and they're all these like you know steady cam shots. There's synthy music and then you've got the rules of something like a Dream Warriors where the the, the kids all get together try and figure out what's going on and try and fight back. And of course, there's rules. There's nothing but rules, and I love a good rule in a supernatural horror movie. Uh, and this is a ghost that is sexually transmitted, and once it's once you're the target, it will just keep walking towards you at the same speed. It will not get any quicker, it will not get any slower, it will not stop. It will just keep walking, no matter where you go. And no one else can see it but you. And this leads to some fantastic scenes of them waiting for it to come, waiting for it to hit. Uh, it's full of great, great moments. Uh, Likeable characters... Uh, I think I've, I've gushed enough uh, to... <laughs> uh, I mean, this is... It's funny. Uh, this is actually the second time this happened on the list where <gasps> that's... My next one is also It Follows. Uh, I, I believe we did that with Year Next uh, as yeah. well. Which, was, um, which is actually... Hon, let's just stop here. So, a film called Your Next. Your next one <laughs> was Your Next. And then I picked It Follows and that was followed by It Follows. <laughs> I just want to point that that's out. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, everything you said, is, yeah, is absolutely true. This is phenomenal. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is another one where I, I feel like it, it, it was when it came out, you know, a lot of people were more up on it. And then uh, lately, I, I think I've seen people have been kind of like, oh, that sexually transmitted ghost movie kind of like it's it's so much more than that. Like it's like, first of all, that's a great premise. So it is a yep. fantastic premise. Uh, but then it's the the atmosphere, the style, the music, my God. Um, and uh, it, it's so well put together. Um, and it has something to say. There's, there's like a moral, not moral, but it's about something. It's, it's about a feeling of something in life. And you can read it. If you actually think about what the movie's telling you, it's about growing up. It's about getting older. That's what the movie's about. Yeah. So, uh, no. Phil Marks. Phil Marks on all sides. Even, even my cat Firefly agrees. Look at him, he's smiling. He's like, yeah. He's like, yes. Yes, it falls. Very good. Yes. yes. Anyway, uh, so my number six, since you just kind of stealthed your way into that one, uh, my number six is, and it's more rightful place, John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> this is a movie that has great practical effects. It has, obviously, you've got Kurt Russell, you've got a great cast. Uh, but uh, and you've got, you've got this, you know, isolated setting, uh, middle of the snow, middle of nowhere. But what I love about it more than anything, what really does, and what the movie really is, is the idea of paranoia. The idea of any one of us, any one of us, could be this alien, and it's it's that tension, it's that build, it's that we're alone. We have to figure this out because it's one of us, and if it gets out there, I could just, you know, it could take over the world or whatever. I don't know, kill everyone. Theater pick, but it's just it's that it's just it's the performances. It's them like testing each other, and then you know obviously the crazy effects as it as it is. But and obviously the setting adds a lot to it because it's this idea of limited supplies, limited things they can do because you know out there there's no help. 
It's just them on their own again, the isolation. Uh, so no, the thing. Yeah, uh, very very uh, well done. My number five in its rightful place would be Phantasm. Uh, oh. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you can't tell from this list, I love like really weird stuff. Uh, I love like really kind of dreamy surreal stuff uh and and this it's just so atmospheric there's a you know we talked about a lot in our review but there's just such a awesome like surreal quality to it um but yeah i mean you have the you know the the flying metal balls the tall man uh you know likable kick-ass characters uh, a lot to love here um and this wasn't really like a a movie i was super into growing up Uh, I, i mean i don't even know when i first saw it but this is this is kind of like a newer love uh for me over the last couple of years but i'm like fully entrenched uh in the franchise now the medlife crisis uh film yes. if you will <laughs> sure um no no obviously i talked about it like you know 10 minutes ago so um, i will move on to my number five which is the original black christmas oh okay uh this is kind of a proto-slasher movie. Before slasher movies were really a thing, uh, with the killer calling the the victims from inside the house, and he's sort of targeting this, this sorority house. You know, One Christmas, it's a Canadian film, actually, funnily enough, uh, directed by Bob <laughs> Clark. Uh, you've got a young Margaret Kidder in there uh, as the foul-mouthed uh, character. And it's just... It, again, it's atmosphere. John Saxon's in this, by the way. John, you know, John Saxon, who, of course, was in Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, one in three... Um, he was in some Argento movies. I don't know if any of the ones he's in you picked uh, for this, but he's you know he pops up a lot and all those kind of things. Uh, no, it's just again, it's atmosphere. It's the it, it's the simple idea. It's like sometimes the simplest ideas are make make the best movies. Like it's just it's not mm-hmm. that complicated. The killer's in the house. I also love that you never. Um, like you actually find out a name for the killer, but you never see his face. He doesn't have a mask or anything like that. You just never see him. Like it's just it's always just the hands and stuff. And it's not about who who's doing it, who's done it. It's it's more about just no no. He's just this crazy guy named Billy, and that's it. Mm. That's all it is. Um, no, I like it a lot, and I I love the you know I love uh, movie set at Christmas. So taking something this disturbing and putting it at Christmas is just uh, a win win for me. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Um... I feel like it still holds up. Uh, I'm also a fan of the Christmas slashers. Uh, and this one's definitely up there. It's not Silent Night, Deadly Night, but uh, it is uh, pretty, well, <laughs> pretty good. I, I love that movie, but this is actually a good movie. There's, there's a big difference here, Tim. <laughs> All right. Uh, top four. Okay. Um, you literally just talked about it like you know a couple of minutes ago, but my number four is The Shining. Uh yeah, like you said, uh, you know, it's a big, sprawling movie. Lot, tons of great atmosphere, crazy performances, um, and yeah, I I love Stephen King. I I usually check out any adaptation of his, uh, which <laughs> can vary wildly. Um, and yeah, again, so different from the book, but still very, very enjoyable. It does its own thing, but it's you know very memorable. And man, it's uh, yeah, it's just something like it's one of those movies where you know like some movies you just kind of put on and you passively watch or something but this one always like manages to hook me if i sit down it's like i'm just drawn into this world and you know this hotel hmm. i just talked about it so i will 
move on to my number four, which is Psycho, uh, Alfred oh. Hitchcock. Um, the the movie that brought horror to the the present day, which is a weird thing to say when it's you know it's so old now, but uh, almost sixty years actually, it'll be sixty years old in um, oh. in twenty twenty. But uh, and what I mean by that is this is not set at a castle. This is not set in like Transylvania or something like that, or it's not set in the past. This was set in present day at a modern motel, and a regular person who was on the run is murdered and that it's just it's the idea of like bringing horror home that was kind of the, the thing it was like okay now it's like realistic and that's actually why it's in black and white because Hitchcock chose black and white because the news was in black and white still in those days and it made it feel more factual oh, that's, that's actually why it was black and white uh, so uh, obviously it's I mean it's Hitchcock the direction is flawless the suspense the way it builds to the kills the way it builds to everything is f- fantastic uh it, you got Anthony Hopkins as Norman Bates. He, he's creepy as hell in, in all the right ways. Uh, Janet Lee, of course, uh, the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, is the is the the first big victim. And it kind of it's almost like years before Scream did the thing where it had like someone recognizable, you know, Drew Barrymore in like the opening scene. This kind of did it, but for the like half the movie, you think this movie is that this this like oh this woman's on the run because she stole some money like and then halfway through it's like no 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 this is just a prologue to the slasher movie boom she's dead and you know you go from there so wonderfully creepy beautiful uh, cinematography beautiful performances um, and it was a giant step forward for for horror as well at the time so mm-hmm. psycho yeah <laughs> what's your number three uh, Tim if you <laughs> unless you have something you want to say about psycho uh, it's fine. I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> uh, my number three is a little film that you might, you know, there's a few items on my list that, you know, it's like, uh, is this more sci-fi or uh, I don't know, whatever. But screw it. Uh, my number three is Alien. Um, this is so <laughs> freaking good. Uh, again, you know, word we've been tossing around a lot, atmospheric, uh, but. You know, it's uh, the, the creature is amazing, and just the the whole like atmosphere and yeah, you know, the vibe of of the ship and the characters are awesome. And uh, this this is another one that um, honestly, it, it wasn't like a thing I I loved growing up. Like I liked the series, but um, again, this was another one that like a couple of years ago I saw in theaters and was like, oh my god, like this is fantastic. It looks and so great and uh the xenomorph design i think is maybe the like best monster design hands down in any like medium it, it's phenomenal yeah xenomorph design the ship design the production design all of it looks gorgeous it's, it's visually stunning it's a very simple plot but it has the, the memorable chest buster it has the, mm-hmm. the alien ripley becomes such a great character by the end um and she saves the cat which is the most important <laughs> thing uh, is that the cat is saved? The little Jonesy uh, survives. Uh, no, aliens. Aliens are a downright masterpiece, basically. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Ridley Scott had to go on and make things like Alien Covenant, which completely <sighs> just kind of molested it. <laughs> in yeah. retrospect, it's, yeah. it's really unfortunately. It's, 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 it's real. It's a real shame. It's a real shame seeing what he's doing now for the franchise. Uh, although the fact is, is Mar- The Martian was a very good movie, so he can still make good movies. It's not that he's forgotten how to yeah. make a movie. It's just 
I mean, my, I, I think if anything, the problem is is that I, I feel like he doesn't want to really make alien movies, but instead he wants to do hmm. these other sci-fi movies, but he has to jam aliens in there to sell it. Well, that last one bombed, so we'll we'll see how far yeah. that goes. But uh, bring in Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> oh, I wish so much. I wish we got that movie instead. Uh, so that was your number three. Yeah, my number three is Dawn of the Dead. Nice. Original shopping mall. Uh, I remember I just spoke about it earlier, and I said a bunch of stuff then. So, <laughs> um, no characters, location, the fun wish fulfillment stuff. Uh, all of it. I, uh, yeah, I've got nothing else to add. I said it all already. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. Dawn of the Dead. Fantastic. Uh, my number two, one you brought up, um, uh, forget which video, but it, it was a lot later on your list, but man, this is a movie I love, uh, and that is Jew on the Grudge. Uh, I think this is just one of the creepiest movies uh, I've ever seen. Just the voice, the visuals, um, it's, uh, you know, basically a haunted house movie, but it does so many different stuff and it's just so, so uh, like utterly creepy. I, I, I love, it. I love the way it looks. Um, and, um, oddly enough, it's not a, uh, it, it almost like, you know, not, it's not a, uh, anthology movie, but in like a weird way, it kind of feels like it at time. Cause it's like these little like segments with different characters, sometimes even like different locations, uh, and stuff. And, so I uh, I like that there's a lot of variety in it, but uh, man, yeah, this this is just like uh, I, I'm not surprised that um like so like yeah I feel like you know there's not that many people that say it's a bad movie or anything, but I think sometimes people are surprised at how much I like it. But I don't know, it just really really works for me. No, it's very good. Um, I I did have it quite a bit back. I can't remember where, <laughs> but it was it was further back. Yeah. Uh. Very effective. You're right. It is. I mean, they're all connected, so it's not an anthology, but it, it, they're they're all kind of separate little short movies almost that all connect yeah. and interlink and then build the overall story, which is something they changed for the, the American remake, where they, they 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 try to give it more of a oh. conventional like center story to tie it all together. Okay, and of course, the American remake stars. Who? Who does it start? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> if you don't know, you'll have to look it up. <laughs> oh, I know it's him. I know. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar, who of course was in the hit TV show, All My Children. Oh. <laughs> okay. Also, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, so... Yes. <laughs> Thank God. My number, two, my number two is actually one that you just talked about, and that is Alien. Okay, <laughs> so not far off. Yeah, I mean, I said I called it a masterpiece. Uh, the, the design, yeah. the the simple build of tension through ex- excellent cinematography, excellent direction, pacing the scenes out, uh, and despite the fact that this is this exactly the sort of film where the characters could all be very forgettable, they're all very memorable. You remember Lambert, you remember uh, Kane, you remember um, you know Darren Hardin's dance character. Who I obviously didn't remember his name there, which maybe defeats yeah. my point a little bit. Uh, <laughs> But you know, like you remember how they all play off of each other, like, um, and it's just, oh, it's, you know, uh, it's so good. And like I say, creature design, ship design, all of it, the planet design, the alien ship design, all of it is gorgeous, and it's just you're soaked into it the entire time. It is my type of science fiction. So, and it, and it, again, it's kind of you know we talk about this, you know, about 
in terms of you know different movies but sometimes mm. uh when a movie is like this good you almost have trouble talking about it when it's yeah. like it's like what else do you want me to say it's fantastic it's just watch it you idiot if you haven't seen it um uh, yeah so i guess that takes <sighs> us to uh our number ones tim yeah i mean i think uh, i'm guessing you know what mine is i definitely know what yours is uh my number one obviously the thing i love the most that i haven't mentioned yet evil dead 2 uh like you said earlier uh you know you just have uh maybe the best uh character in all of film history <laughs> i never said that hold on a second this is this is revisionist history i never said that oh i'm saying it now baby um yeah ash is uh great the the violence is amazing it's funny uh but it's also like legitimate like good horror stuff and i honestly i probably watch this movie like once a week like when i kind of first discovered it in high school i I wore those vhs tapes out like i just absolutely love this movie from your your age there a bit tim those vhs tapes these actually i was talking to someone about this the other day these goddamn movies i cannot tell you how many times i've bought them in my life uh Mm -hmm. i know i had the vhs tapes i think i had them individually and then i I believe i bought like a vhs box set and then i got some special edition dvds and like i know for the first one i had a big tin collector's thing and then for the second one i got like the book of the dead version and then eventually i got like a yeah, I, I think uh, like some box set for the DVDs, and eventually upgraded to Blu-ray, and <laughs> the amount of times I bought it, but every time uh, it's been worth it. Yeah, um, no, I, not surprised at all, Tim. Not surprised. Yeah. Obviously, I already spoke about it. So, my number one. What haven't you mentioned yet? <laughs> <laughs> my number one is Leprick. It's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is my number one horror film of all time. Uh, it's very obvious, especially if you actually, you know, went, went on to patreon.com slash TV. you can oh. see that the first ever solo commentary track I did this month was for Halloween, which is free for everyone. Uh, the ones that start off in November onwards go behind the paywall, but the first ones are free, so, you know, small plug. But, uh, no, Halloween is... I mean, it's the... Peric- it's, the, it's, the you know, it's, it's what really defined what a slasher movie was it's but for me it's it's down to simple things it's down to good filmmaking it's long takes the, the steady cam shots the the way it moves around the way it follows the killer how iconic the shape michael myers is uh how imposing he is how creepy he is uh the, the simplicity of how they refer to him as the boogeyman and how he, how he he does feel like this unstoppable force of nature um, I love it. I love everything about it. Uh, it's a great movie. This is this low budget filmmaking at its absolute peak. This is what you can do with just a little bit of money and a lot of lot of talent. Yeah, uh, agree, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It, yeah, Michael Myers, The Shape, John Carpenter, fantastic. All of it. All of it's great. The All Pleasance, of course, who we mentioned too. <laughs> Tim forgot was in one of his favourite movies, might I add. It's not that I forgot that it was him. I just, I didn't know the actor off the top of my head. <laughs> Still, I'm not. I got a lot of shit in the comics <laughs> podcast this week for not, not quite getting something immediately, so oh. um, I'm taking it on you, Tim. I'd apologise, but you, honestly, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all right. I mean, you, you're getting tournament. enough. You're getting enough shit for <laughs> your picks on these lists. So. Only from you. The, the people are with me, Tim. The people are with me. That's <laughs> well, debatable. No way. You, you had the boy in Leprechaun. Very good movies. <laughs> and Bizarro Timland, sure. Hey, uh, we didn't do a list of the best technically made movies. We did the list of the best, my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Yes, this was this was a favourites list, of course. Of course. Oh man. So uh, I mean that 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 brings an end to this this epic month long endeavour, the four part video series to do our top one hundred films, uh, horror films. Uh both of us worked in this and we we we, we gave we gave you uh, I think we both had fun doing this. Um Yeah. I, I would definitely uh, be open to doing more stuff like this in the, in the future. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, whether it's you know more specific lists, like, you know, fifty best slasher movies or uh, twenty best slasher or vampire or zombie <laughs> or you know, take your yeah. pick, genre uh, or something else or something else we can maybe do. Maybe maybe go by decade or something. You know, the best fifty eighties horror movies, so we can get a lot weirder and pick some wacky things because obviously yeah the top 10 20 will be stuff we mentioned in this video but then we can get into some really weird shit that we've not talked about before uh, maybe we'll don't know we'll see but uh, if there's any ideas of course for other like either things like this that are like lists countdowns that we can do or something else something else that kind of falls into the same kind of idea uh by all means uh let, let, give us the ideas um and I, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a, a post-mortem on this because I want time for all 100 to list at the bottom under our faces. Uh, I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot to do that last episode, so the, the, the list of 75 so far had to start whilst we were talking like about like number 27, <laughs> so that I had time to, to finish before the video ended. Uh, yes. But yeah, I, I will say this though, uh, looking at my list, uh, or you know, going through it through the videos, uh, you know, already there's some that I would swap around. There's already some that, I'd, you know, maybe, I'd, maybe I should have put that a little bit higher, a little bit lower... Yeah, I feel like, you know, my, you know, top 20, 25 or whatever, I think is pretty set in stone, at least for mm. the time being. But then, yeah, as, as we're going through it, and especially like, you know, some movies like we did uh, reviews for and rewatches, and then like, I would notice some pop up on my list. And I was like, uh, yeah, maybe that should be a little lower or something. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the the top 100 list is, uh, it's it's an ever evolving organism. Yes, it's, it's a... Uh... It's it's fluid. It changes <laughs> when it needs to, and uh, basically from day to day. If you ask me, uh, you know what's number sixty seven and sixty eight. They're probably going to alternate and maybe shift around with other numbers and and so on. But no, I I, I think we had good fun doing this. Um, I'm, yeah. Uh, maybe it's something we can do again in a couple of years when there's been enough time that we've maybe seen some more movies, more new films have come out. Maybe we'll have a reason to. Or maybe that's more of a five-year thing. Like you know, every five years we come back and sure. say, "Here's the top 100 again. Here's how we feel differently." Um, mm. Had we tried to combine our lists and like argue over what number one should be, God. Uh, <laughs> that would have been an uh, entertaining frenzy of a <laughs> concoction. Especially when Tim tries to argue that the boy should be should be on there somewhere, <laughs> and I'm like, Tim, it's not the worst 100 horror movies ever made. How dare you? Actually, maybe that's what we should uh. do next time. Is it the top one, top, you know, worst 100 horror movies. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if we could do a hundred, maybe fifty. We could do fifty. Yeah, fifty seems movies. doable. Yeah. Um 
I feel like the stuff we've done in the show in the last couple of years, though, there's enough to at least fill out 30 of the spots. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's an option. Maybe we could do that. Um, but by all means, like, give us your favourites in the comments below. You know, Give us your, your top 10s, 50s, 100s, whatever you feel like doing. Uh, and I know some people have done it already. We had someone... Uh, Renegade Hero, the username is, uh, gave us their 100 to 26 in the last part. So we'll see see their top 25 with this one, I imagine. Uh, and there were some questionable choices. <laughs> uh, almost made your list look insane by comparison in some places. Um, now, to be fair, she did give me permission in the post to, to give her shit for the picks. Okay. So I'm not just being cruel. Like There was permission to make fun of it, and I'm going to make fun of it, because why wouldn't I? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> any final thoughts, Tim, you want to impart before I say the, the usual goodbyes? Horror movies are good. <laughs> Okay, uh, el- eloquent as always, Tim. Eloquent as always. Actually, actually, to wrap up, uh, this is actually the, the last video of October going up uh, for Streams After Minute. This is the, the end of the Octoberthon 2017. So I, I guess it makes sense to wrap this up as a whole and say thanks for anyone who's jo- uh, joined us for the month and watched all the videos. I believe this is the 27th Streams After Midnight video for October oh. this year. <laughs> wow. Which is a lot. It makes me feel very tired. Uh, obviously, we're very enthusiastic the first couple of weeks. By the end of the month, we're like, oh my God, when is it over? When can we just go back to the regular schedule? Uh, but it's been fun to do. You've, we feel like we've accomplished something. And I will say this, as much as 27 was a lot, and as much as it was maybe one or two more than we were anticipating doing, Tim, are you... I mean, obviously right now, the thought of trying this is like, no, because we're tired and this has been a long month. But by the time we get to next September and we're thinking about plans for next October... The fact that we hit 27 this month, is there a part of you that goes, it's only four more and we've done all 31? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh... But hopefully you've had fun. Hopefully you've had fun this October. We, we did. Yeah. As, as, as tiring as it is as we get towards the end of the month, and it's like, oh my God, we've been doing like five movies a week for like four weeks. This is too much. Uh, we will be taking the first week of November off, so you, you'll not get any uh, episodes from us uh, during that week. But we'll be back the following week uh, back to our usual two to a week uh, schedule uh, and you can have fun with that and I can tell you that one of those movies I don't know if it'll be the first or second one that week but one of them will be The Hilling 2 uh, Your Sister's a Werewolf <laughs> so you can look forward to that uh, <sighs> Tim it's been, it's been a month it's been a hectic month it's been a long month It's but it's, it's been rewarding and we've seen some good movies seen some bad movies <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> happy Halloween, guys. Uh, <laughs> happy Halloween. Uh, like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash TV. But that is us, so thank you once again. Keep watching scary movies. Happy Halloween again. We'll see you next time.